0: never fails. Amen. Open your Bibles this morning to the 119th Psalm. Psalms 119. As most of you know, this Psalm being the longest chapter in the Bible is actually divided up into sections and each section uh, has to do with the, the, the alphabet, or the Hebrew alphabet <laughs> And today when we come to verse 129, that begins the 17th, the 17th letter in the uh, Hebrew alphabet, which would be the letter P. But uh, we're going to read verse 129 down through verse 136. Thy testimonies are wonderful. Therefore doth my soul keep them. The entrance of thy words giveth light, and it maketh, or giveth understanding unto the simple. I opened my mouth and panted, for I long for thy commandments. Look thou upon me, and be merciful unto me, as thou usest to do unto those that love thy name. Order my steps in thy word, and let not iniquity have dominion over me. Deliver me from the oppression of man, so will I keep thy precepts. Make thy face to shine upon thy servant, and teach me thy statutes. Rivers of water run down mine eyes, because they keep not thy law. This is the longest chapter in the Bible, and from the beginning to the end, it is all about the Word of God, and it's so wonderful that sometimes I feel like that I could spend the rest of my life, whatever years I have left, preaching from this every week and, uh, and still not exhaust everything that's found there uh it's just to me wonderful beyond words I I I can't even begin to describe it because it is all about God's word and I don't know of anything in all the world greater than the word of God I don't know how any Christian could not be thrilled by it I think the problem is sometimes with the Psalms that we we as Christians all love to read the Psalms don't we I mean all we can camp out in one of the psalms and just read through it maybe time after time and it is just so inspirational Amen. but one of the one of the faults that we have sometimes is be being so taken with the inspirational aspect of it that we miss the message and we miss the benefits of it because we don't dig down and get those golden nuggets of truth and God's Word's not meant for our entertainment. Certainly, it's good to read the Word of God. You're not always studying God's Word. Sometimes you're just simply reading it, and that's fine. Reading the Bible is important, but so is Bible study, and we should never neglect one or the other. As I said, we need to dig down deep into God's Word, get every nugget of truth, and so with that in mind... I want us to examine verse one hundred and thirty-three this morning, and I'll tell you I, the more I've thought about this verse all week long, the more I, I I felt that I Lord, if you'll let me, I want to wait a week or two because my mind is so full of things related to this that I. It would be impossible for me to even begin to say everything that's on my mind this morning. So I promise you I'm going to try to keep it as brief as possible and not just chase rabbits down a trail somewhere that will lead you off of the main thought. But I'm saying all of that for a reason. And that is the fact that that being convinced this is what God wants this morning, I'm convinced this is what I need And I'm convinced somebody else needs it also. Notice again what he says in verse 133. Order my steps in thy word, and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. Now I want you to notice the the direction that he desired. He says, order my steps in thy word. And whenever he says order there, that means prepare. It means to establish. It means to to direct, it means to frame, it means to make straight. And it's as though he's saying, as the song says, I can't walk without you, Jesus. In other words, God, I need you to order my steps. And that involves more than just pointing him in a certain direction, as I'll say in a moment, but it certainly involves the direction of his life. I think it would be good if we all prayed that every day when we got up in the morning and we said, Lord, order my steps in thy word. Doing that, we'd know he's on the right track. If we're going to not go astray, then we better stay in the word of God. The destiny of our life depends upon the direction that we take. And and the first thing he says here, uh, as, as he's, praying about himself rather than others. Notice, he, he could have gone off and prayed about those, you know, way far away on the other side of the world. He could have prayed for his relatives and his friends and all of that. And again, we need to do that. We, we need to be concerned about the needs of others, but as much as we need to be concerned about them, the first thing we need to do, our first order of business is make sure we're on the right track that we're on the right road. And so if we're going to help others, then we have to keep our own house in order. If we're going to be a blessing to anyone else, we first of all have got to get ourselves right with God. And if we're going to walk successfully, if we're going to live safely in this troubled world, our steps must be ordered by the Lord. We must know God's Word We must obey God's will, and that's absolutely essential. Before we were saved, we all walked in disorder. I don't think anyone would deny that. You can probably remember where that got you, right? Think back to that part of your life before you trusted Christ as your Savior, and we were all at different places, but none of us were in a good place at that time. None of us. No Christian would ever want to go back to the way life was before they came to know Christ as their Savior. And so it's only as our steps are ordered by the Lord that we're able to fulfill our purpose, that we're able to find real fulfillment in life. And uh, not doing that is the reason that so many people are so miserable. Now I want you to notice what he says what he doesn't say, he doesn't say, order my life. Now, that, that would have been all right, because in, in essence, that's what he wants. He wants his life to be lived under God's control. But he doesn't say, order my life. He said, order my steps. And I mention that because our life is made up of steps. Right? not leaps and bounds but just in steps and we need guidance every step of the way even for those little things the very smallest details that you can imagine. Sometimes some folks have the idea, well, the only thing's important is if I attend church somewhat regularly, and if I, you know, if I give my tithe every week, if I read my Bible once in a while, and if I pray for the sick and so forth, then I've got all the bases covered. And they totally ignore their responsibilities to God in all of the other areas. Boy, we can think of a lot of things, you know, that. Our, our common sins in the world that we live in today, that people just ignore what God teaches about those issues and, and have the mindset that as long as we cover our bases on these things that we think, at least, are fundamental, that we're okay. But remember, we're talking about steps now, and we're talking about those, those small, sometimes seemingly small decisions that we make in life That's going to lead us in one direction or the other. The smallest details, the little things. And if we would take note of those things, we wouldn't have to worry about the other things. Because you take care of the little things, the big things take care of themselves. That's just kind of the way it works. But notice what he says. He says, uh, order my steps. But he says, in thy word, order That's established, that's to set straight, that's to make firm, and that's what we need. Our God is a God of order. He is the creator of all of the universe, and He knows what it takes for things to function. Can you imagine if God had just thrown all of those worlds out there in space, just Tossed them out at random. They would all be colliding and uh, all eventually destroying themselves. But God set all of them in an orbit. He is a God of order, and we see that everywhere. Our, our, Our clock, watch, our calendars are all dependable because we know that there is harmony in the universe. You know, we know what time the sun's coming up in the morning. We can, even, we can even decide what direction is true north, and we can decide which direction we ought to go to get where we want to be. All based on God's creation. And the only part of creation that is out of order is the natural man. The man that is out of the will of God. You look at the beast of the field. You see the, the poison in the serpent and the fury in the beast. And you see all of creation and all of those things are living according to the instinct, as it were, that God has put within them. And they act in a certain God-ordained way. That is the way that it is. They're not able to reason as you and I do As human beings, we're the only ones that live our life in rebellion against God. And there's a reason for that, because God made us in His image, and doing so, God has given to each of us a free will that we can choose the direction that we're going to take. God is not going to force you to go in the right direction. He's not going to force you to obey His commands. He'll warn you that you'll reap what you sow if you don't. He warns us, but he does not force us because God wants our love. And love cannot be forced. Love is something that must be given. Love cannot be earned. It's something that you have to give. And we give unto the Lord. We love him because he first loved us. So man is selfish, and man is stubborn, and it's not until man finally submits himself to God that he is truly safe in every sense of the word. Otherwise, he's just on a course of self-destruction. It it is so amazing, and I know there are some of you who could say the same thing before I was saved. It, It is hard for me to believe that I didn't die Either in a shooting in a bar room, or from a from an automobile crash, or some other way, it is so amazing to me that God spared my life over and over again. I was on a course of self destruction. Nobody had nobody had to try to ruin my life. I did a great job of that myself. Nobody was basically threatening my life. It was, it was all about me and that course of self-destruction. Every, every addict, by the way, starts with that one wrong step. That one wrong step. I can still remember the first two times I ever tasted alcohol. I remember to this day the first time I took a sip of beer and i shook my head and i spit it out and i said that is the most awful stuff that i've ever tasted in my life i didn't want anything to do with it but when i was about 13 or 14 i had a, a buddy that lived in the neighborhood and his brother was a little older than uh than we were and he he got a car it was i i don't know about a 1940 chevy i do remember that and had the little hump back there on the, on the very back. But, uh, but I remember that beginning there, and it's where it all began for me. I had no intentions of ever becoming a, a drunk, never. But I didn't want to be the one that didn't participate. You know, I, I mean, even that young, you want to project a macho, tough guy image. That, that was the thing back in that day. And so, anyway, he would buy us beer. And we would uh, tool around town and the drive-ins and stuff like that. Uh, you know, at that young age. And I still didn't like the stuff. And I can't tell you how many times I stuck my tongue down in that bottle and I act like I was drinking it. And then, you know, after a while when I see the others are done, then I'd roll the window down if it wasn't down, and I'd throw that thing as far as I could where they couldn't tell it still had something in it. And I'd say, oh, boy, that was good. Give me another one. I didn't drink a drop. But that's all where it started because after a while you acquire a taste for it. And every addict begins by thinking, I can control this. It can provide whatever it is that I need. And I'm not just talking about alcohol and drugs. This has to do with every kind of addiction. You start out with a step in the wrong direction. And after a while you find yourself in a place that you can't get out of without God's help. That one wrong step medically, that one wrong step can lead to your death. Whenever you think about musically, one wrong note, one wrong step, can ruin the song. Whenever you think about our uh, our marital lives, and what one wrong step can end up in divorce, and morally it ends up in debauchery. What a sad thing to see someone that seems to have it all together and has every opportunity and advantage and suddenly they take that one wrong step, now they're headed in the wrong direction and they have no power within themselves to change their direction and to get off of that course of destruction. So that's why that the psalmist is here praying to the Lord, order my steps. But notice, he says, in thy words. It's interesting that he does not say, by thy word, nor does he say, according to thy word. Although, you know, those things would have been included in it. But he uses the word in. Order my steps in thy word. And that tells us more than than the phrase according to. That tells us that the word is the path. This is the path. Walk ye in it, and if we're going to if we're going to live for the Lord, we've got to walk in the word. We can't walk according to our wishes. you know, according to the things that we want or the things that others want for us. Sometimes parents make a big mistake, you know, maybe, Maybe the father is a physician, and so he is determined, well, I want my son to be a physician. Well, maybe he doesn't want to be a physician. Maybe that's what God doesn't have planned for him. You can't base your life upon what somebody else wants for you or what you want for yourself. You're not smart enough. I'm not smart enough. The way a man is not in himself. It's not in a man that walketh to direct his steps. We don't know what we're doing. It's always going to end up in a mess, except our steps be ordered by the Lord. And notice he could have prayed for a lot of things here, but he's praying in regards to his spiritual needs. He's not talking about his health and his wealth and his fame or anything else. He's talking about his spiritual needs, because there again, when the spiritual needs are met, everything else some way or another is going to fall in line, so this tells us a lot about this man. This is the prayer of, of a righteous man, the prayer of a godly man, a prayer of somebody that loves the Lord. It's not the prayer of an unsaved person. Only a real true believer would pray like this. You're not going to find unsaved people out here saying, Oh, dear Lord, please help me order my steps in thy word. I want to walk in the path of your word, in the light of your word every day. No, that's not the way they pray. It's not in their nature. So that's the direction that he wants to go. But I want you to notice the director upon whom he is depending. We see that in the word thy. That talks about God, right? He's addressing God. He's addressing the one who addresses us. Uh, He addresses us through His Word. And that's why I often say that whenever you hear the Word of God, when you read the Word of God, you are basically hearing the voice of God. It's as though God is speaking to you. And the psalmist knew here that he needed more than just a guide he needed more than somebody to just point him in the right direction. Say, now, that's the right direction right there. You go that way, and you're going to be all right. You'll end up at the proper destiny. What he needed was a great God to help him get there. And over and over again in Psalms 119, he makes reference to that fact of his desperate need of God and his strength as well as his direction. He needs a director. And that's what God is. We can't live our Christian lives by a firm resolve in our heart or a sheer determination. We're going to set our feet and, you know, and we're going to set our jaw and square our shoulder. Boy, we're going to do this. No, no, we're going to fail if that's all we've got to work with. We need a power that is greater than ourselves. We need divine help, the kind that only the Creator can provide. I love what Charles Spurgeon said so many years ago. He said, a holy life is no work of chance. It is a masterpiece of order. Amen. Amen. It's a masterpiece of order. It's only as you and I are enabled by the Spirit of God that we can do the will of God. You see, because everything the Word of God requires from us, the Spirit of God provides for us. And that's why Paul said, Be ye what filled with the Spirit. Now notice the danger that he discerned. He doesn't just stop there by praying, Lord, order my steps in thy Word. But he goes on beyond that. And he says, And... I'm not through praying yet, and i got something else to say, Lord, and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. You see, the danger that he discerned here is iniquity. By the way, that is a threat to every single one of us, because sin will literally destroy you. We need to pray like this, folks, because we are always living on the very edge and liable to fall. You might love God with all of your heart. I hope you do. You might be ever so knowledgeable of the Word of God, and I hope you are. You might be serving God the very best you can. That's all wonderful. But there's never a moment of your life on this earth where you're not living on the edge and liable to fall. Now remember we're talking about steps and one step can take us over the edge. In other words, one misstep can result in our ruin. And that's why we need to take great care to do as Solomon said, "To ponder, ponder the path of our feet." That is, look where you're walking, ponder, think about, think about where you're going. Ponder the path of thy feet. One misstep can ruin us. If we put each step down in the center of God's will, we know we're on a firm foundation. We know we're on solid ground. We know that we are in a safe place. Otherwise, we're in great danger. Yes, I read an interesting article. In fact, a couple of them this last week. And I really wanted to inject all of this and uh, and just to show you the danger that we're living in. You know, when we think about about war, we think about, okay, the war is over, the peace treaty has been signed, boy, we can get back to normal. Not those people in Cambodia Cambodia and other places in the world where they are still looking for landmines. They suspect that there are still over 2 million landmines in Cambodia and and other places. That's just one. That's just one country, one place. And every year, there are literally thousands of people that are killed because of those things. There are people, ministries, as it were, devoted to looking for landmines. I, I, I wonder how many applicants they get a year. Who wants to? You know, what are you going to do with your life? Oh, I'm, uh, I, they hired me to look for landmines. I'm a tough Texan. I'll go out there. I'll find them. Yeah. Nobody wants to have to do that, but somebody's got to do it because there are people, many times innocent little children that are dying because of those landmines. And we need to understand that as long as we're in this world, regardless of how much we love God, if we're not careful to walk in the word, we're going to step on a landmine of some kind or another. So he realized there's danger here, and the danger is iniquity. Now notice the deliverance that he desired, and what his prayer is, he prays to be delivered. I love this. He says from any iniquity you know it's clear that he wanted to be uh, safe from every and any sin he didn't want to hang on to some pet sin by the way everybody you know has that pet sin that you know it, it is an area of our life where there's a greater propensity to fail I mean, if you don't believe that, read he- Hebrews chapter 1 where it's talking about laying aside the weight and the sin that does so, so easily beset us. There is that sin, whatever it is, it's different for everybody, but that sin that could easily beset you. And a lot of times we're pretty satisfied, you know, as long as we quit drinking and as we quit, quit the drugs and quit running around and we quit all of that. But then we want to hang on to these pet sins, Even though we know in our heart that this is something that conflicts with the Word of God, something that doesn't please God, but we are determined that we're going to hang on to it. Not this guy. He said, I want you to deliver me from any iniquity. It's like he's saying, I do not want to cling to the very thing that is destroying me. I want to be free from all sin." That, that's the attitude that all of us need. He's aware of the danger, and, uh, that of becoming a slave to any sin. And as you look through the Bible and you think about all of those great saints of old, even the heroes of the faith like Abraham and so on and so forth, all of those people in every instance we find that they failed at some point in their life. And that's what the psalmist is trying to avoid. The only way for us to walk safely is what is to walk in God's word. Let that be the path that we take in regards to everything. You see, that not only protects us from danger, it provides for us great delight. I, I, I've often said, you know, even if there wasn't a heaven, the Christian life is still the most wonderful life on earth. It really is to think about the delight, all of the blessings that God gives us. And every day, not only do I thank God for life, but I thank God for the blessings of life, the privilege of being able to live in this sinful, troubled world and enjoy the blessings that God has placed upon us. But if we do not walk in the Word, we're going to miss the blessings that God has for us. The story of Israel is a great example of this. And you'll remember, of course, God promised them the promised land. It's a land flowing with milk and honey, a land of abundance. I mean, boy, there you'll find everything your heart could desire. That's what God wanted from His people. Canaan, a land flowing with milk and honey. And God's saying, I'll provide everything you need and more, but... You know the sad story how that for so many of them they died in the wilderness. All because of their rebellion. God gave them every opportunity. The Shekinah glory, the cloud even directed them where he wanted them to go. And still they find some reason to murmur and complain and rebelled against God. And died there in the wilderness depriving themselves and others Of all that God had promised. You see they were out of order. Out of order. When we're not walking in the word. Our life is out of order. We miss what could have been. Oh think about it. What could have been. What God would have done. And instead we often limit him. Because we want to walk in a direction that's not pleasing to him. I can't think of that without thinking about the prodigal son. uh, Maybe the perfect picture of what I'm talking about because the prodigal son is a type of lost humanity. It pictures man turning his back on God. The prodigal son, for whatever reason, decides one day that he's going to strike out on his own perhaps he is tired of living under the authority of his father somebody dictating to him what he is going to do for the day and he wants to go out into the world and try his wings and so he does and he takes all that he has more than he deserved and he takes it and he goes out into a far country That far country could have been a half a mile away or 10,000 miles away. It doesn't make any difference. You can sit in a church pew every week and be in a far country. Because the moment we're out of the will of God, we are in a far country. And that's where he was. Had a lot of jingle in his pocket at the time. Boy, if it had been a modern day story, he would have bought the drinks in the bar for all of the guys, you know. Set them up for everybody. Boy, after a while, the money runs out. And the so-called friends, they're all gone. Now there's nothing left to do. No man cared. Get that. No man cared. Somebody says, oh, all my best friends are down at the bar. No, they're not. They don't really care anything about you. They don't know what love and caring really is if they don't know Christ as their Savior. They'll abandon you the moment that you that they can't use you. And so the prodigal son ends up out yonder in the pig pen, starving. I I mean, who in their right mind would want to be in a place like he ended up? Nobody. And by the way, that tells the story. He really wasn't in his right mind because the Bible says, and when he came to himself, when he came to himself. Finally he began he began to get it together. He came to himself and he said, You know, I'd be better off to go back to Daddy's house and live as one of the hired servants there than to be here. He said, I know what I'm gonna do. I'm going back to my father, and boy he did. He took off in in the right direction this time. And as he gets near the home there the father runs out to meet him, to greet him, and to give unto him all of the things that he could have been enjoying all of this time. Remember, folks, and I'm sure that prodigal son no doubt would have thought about, oh, I wish I had not taken that first step. But it's too late now, you know, here I am in the pig pen. Oh, I wish I hadn't done that. Prevention is always better than cure. But if we're going to prevent a tragedy like that in our life, then we need to pray, as the psalmist did, order my steps in thy word. And maybe you're here today and you're already way off course. You've been trying to cover it up. You want to hide it. You don't want anyone to know you're so far out of the will of God, but you know it deep in your heart. And the only way to get on the right path again is for you to admit that you're on the wrong path. We don't like to do that because of our pride. To just come out and confess our sins and the, you know, the humility that it takes to do something like that, but we'll never get on the right path until we, are, we humble ourselves and admit I'm on the wrong path. And until we see the danger of that, We'll never have any desire for deliverance. He said, deliver me from any iniquity. I don't want to have anything to do with any of it. God, deliver me from it. He's not saying that I don't want anything to do with it, and I'm going to make sure I don't know. He realized he was living on the edge and that he would fall unless God delivered him. God hears a prayer like that. How about you this morning? It was obvious as I read all of the verses in this section that it's about the Word of God and man's attitude toward the Word of God. And he speaks over and over here again about his love for the Word of God. He says in verse 131, for I long for thy commandments. Well, wait a minute. He's not talking about promises now promises, that that's one thing. Commandments, that's thou shalt not do this, thou shalt not do that. He said, I long for that. He loved God's commandments. Why? Because he recognized the fact that God's commandments are for our good, for our protection. Not something to take the fun out of our life, but something to keep us safe so we can enjoy life. And if you're here this morning and you've never been saved, whether you, whether you understand it or not, let me tell you, based on what the Bible says, your life is in a state of disorder. You, you, you are like the stars that are out of orbit, and you're going to end up burning yourself out, as it were, to destruction. But thank God there is a, there is a safe place, and that safe place is in Jesus in the Word today, will you trust Him? Let's all stand together. Father, please use Your Word today to challenge each and every one of us. Help us to never be so so proud that we think that we can live on the edge, that we can even play with sin and, and not get caught, not get hurt. God, deliver us from that. And Lord, I just pray today that You'll help someone maybe that's gone astray, that you'll help them today get back on the right path. And for that person that's lost, may this be the day that they get their life in order. For we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. While we stand and as we sing together, would you come?